Fun will now commence. No! Welcome to me and husband dad. You know, I've been thinking about a name for this podcast. And I really can't come up with one. So it's just going to be me and husband dad. I'm certainly willing to take your suggestions if there's something you think it should be. Speaking of man, husband, dad, first you can find us anywhere. I was looking at all our social media uh, channels and I thought, golly, I mean, I, I don't even know some of these, uh, and some of them aren't that active because nobody really uses them, like Google+. Plus. But you can find us there. And as soon as somebody says, hey, I'm going to look at you through Google+, Plus, we'll be more active there. Really, on any social media channel, you find us. Uh, you'll, you'll find the same stuff everywhere. We just want to meet you where you're at. <clears throat> it's real easy. Just look for at man, husband, dad on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Plus. Pinterest, for all you ladies out there, you can see some of my, actually uh, some of my recipes. Uh, some really nice pictures, actually. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. <clears throat> you can look me up, Christopher Coles, or Man Husband Dad. Instagram, Two, YouTube, three. and you can always check our RSS feed on the website. So Man Husband Dad's everywhere, because I believe there are Man Husband Dad's everywhere. This is a podcast to share with you uh, some comments on recent things in the news. We'll have some man time and some husband time and some dad time. You know, we'll cover all the bases and we'll talk about last week's recipe. Oh boy, it was good. I just had the leftovers yesterday. Oh, it was a good thing mama wasn't here. There'd be some smacking going on. So, in for a good show today. And I uh, appreciate you downloading, streaming, listening, whatever you're doing. I appreciate you being there. Get over there! And we'll be right back and get the whole thing rocking and rolling. Get on with it! So I'm looking at the news. Uh, you know, I, I try to avoid news as much as possible because it's mostly just about uh, you know politics and who's shutting down the government this week and who's doing it next week and you can, you never know if it's news or opinion anymore in fact it's it's all littered with opinion no matter where you go whether it's CNN Fox News uh, anything in between actually anything on the outsides because there's not much in between with those folks just uh, slanted one way or the other. I, I was looking at the news on the Fox News website, uh, and one of the uh, one of the articles is headlined, New Lawsuits Target Teacher, 37, Arrested for Sex at School with Three Teen Boy Students. You know, I alluded to this in a blog post uh, 
just about a week ago called Hypocrisy and the Me Too Fad, or the hashtag Me Too Fad. And we see the uh, issues of sexual harassment and bullying and all this sort of stuff. And being Catholic myself, I recognize, you know, the the tragedy and travesty of the the priestly scandal. See, that's uh, that's Mama texting me. I better check that out. So I get this text message from Mama that says, <clears throat> "I think I need chicken quarters defrosted for supper. Can you double check the menu?" And get them out for me. Roasted chicken is the menu item. That's what I do. I'm the I'm the sous chef. Sometimes I'm the main chef, especially on Wednesdays. I'll get to that later. So anyway, through the magic of recording, I'm going to go do something for the next five minutes, and I'll be right back. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? You know, it's one of the reasons why I don't lock myself in the studio uh, or turn off the cell phone and stuff like that. You need to know that, you know, this man, husband, dad stuff is really possible. Daddy, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, she's saying thanks. Uh, it, it's really possible because... Uh, it's a mindset. You have to be willing to do it. Uh, but before you do it, you have to be the man, husband, dad. Anyway, that's a little off track. I, I want to get back to the news uh, about this uh, lawsuit that targets this teacher who's 37, has been arrested at sex or arrested for sex at school with three teen boy students. And the blog post I wrote regarding this phenomenon. Uh, in my hypocrisy in the Me Too fad article. See, if, if you look, and you can go on and, and go to this article I wrote and uh, click on the links, there's a huge number of uh, sexual assault, harassment, underage sex, all that sort of stuff between female teachers and male students. But you don't hear about it. And it's a huge percentage. You know, with the priestly sex abuse, any percentage is 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 wrong, and it was less than half a percent. Uh, but you don't hear about the ministers in other uh, other faith traditions, uh, which can be as high as one or two percent, or even the cultural average of one and a half percent. And certainly this teacher stuff is just abominable. What what fascinates me and what I think is wrong is the uh, the Me Too fad 
in my article, I mentioned two situations when I was a teenager that I guess I, I, I am legitimately able to say hashtag me too, but I don't. Uh, I think part of, part of that is because, you know, you, you adapt, you modify, you take care of the problem and you move on. And uh, you either create the tools or you, you get those tools. Now, I didn't have those tools because my my father, as you know, was more interested in vicariously living my lascivious lifestyle as a as a teenager than he was in correcting it. In fact, he wasn't much for correcting it. But if you dig into this article uh, on Fox News about this lawsuit, you realize that there are three lawsuits. One is uh, a mother is suing the uh, the school district because they they didn't have policies or procedures in place apparently to prevent this uh, sex from from happening or to prevent the teacher from uh, preying on these teenage boys. The other two lawsuits are from that same mother and another mother who is suing the, uh, the teacher herself. And there's one blatant uh, flag that's, that's waving throughout this. There, there's no quotes, no interviews, no mention of dads being involved in these lawsuits. And what that tells me, and I may be wrong, but what that tells me is obviously there is no dad involved in these boys' lives. The uh, And the results are pretty devastating. This doesn't happen when there's a dad in the house. Now, it may happen when there's a father in the house. But when a dad's in the house, he has equipped his boys and his and his daughters uh, to keep themselves out of these situations. And when these situations start to uh, raise their ugly heads, which they do, uh, he's trained them up in the virtuous living to have courage and uh, out the teacher, uh, and specifically to him. Now, that may seem high in the sky, but I know it works. And it comes from that loving relationship that a dad has with his children. And these families, and I use the term loosely, these mothers and sons uh, don't have that, that dad as part of the equation, and this is a consequence of that. Now, do I, is the is the dad overseas in the military? Is he dead? I don't know. But if he is, you can still name him. If, particularly, I mean, if he's still alive, you can still name him in the lawsuit. Uh, but there's no mention of it. When you see things like this, and you see things in the news, the first question is, where's the dad? 
And that's the question in a lot of these these things, whether it's, you know, back in Ferguson or the Trayvon Martin stuff, all that sort of stuff, where's the dad? That's the, to me, that's the, the key ingredient that's missing in all of these equations. I encourage you to look at news articles and say, where's the dad when you read them? I think it's an important thing to do. So, you know, I mentioned dads teaching their children, uh, particularly their boys, in order to raise them into men, uh, teaching them virtues. Now, courage is the first of the 12 righteous virtues. Uh, without courage, it's very difficult to have any other virtue. Uh, courage is not, uh, as you've heard me say, courage is not bravery. Bravery is a result of courage. Uh, and you know, John Wayne said that courage is being afraid, but saddling up anyway. Or, uh, Mark Twain said courage is not the absence of fear. It is the mastery of fear. So people who are afraid are normal people. The people with courage are the ones who move forward. Uh, I've heard fear uh, as an acronym, and, and it stands for false expectations appearing real. And somewhere around 96% of our worries, I think, are, uh, are unfounded and don't come true. So in this man time, uh, I want to talk about courage and how do we instill it in in our boys, the best way to do it is to have courage ourselves. Whether you're a mom or a dad, courage is something you have to have every day. And I, you know, maybe we're kidding, maybe we're not, but it takes courage to get up in the morning sometimes. I think of the, uh, you know, Mondays are when I pay bills. I just have to have courage to look at the bank account. And hope that it's somewhere around what I'm estimating it to be. You've got stuff here, stuff there, and stuff way back there. And not knowing what all was spent during the weekend, and what expenses are coming up during the week that nobody has told me about, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, I have to have the courage to look at it, and uh, then you know you have to have the courage to start juggling those those bills. Uh, courage comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. And its unifying aspect, though, is it is used to uh, do things in spite of your fear. Now, courage isn't always just something where you have to go out and slay the dragon. Or maybe everything is a dragon. They're all just different sizes. You know, my, uh, my oldest boy is in his second semester at college. He's uh, co-enrolled at our local community college and was having some challenges with uh, logging in to the system at the school uh, in between the semesters here during the, the Christmas break. And uh, 
his only option really was to call the help desk after he asked me and I, I did some things with my IT background and stuff like that. Uh, I said, what? Well, you got to call the help desk. Well, nobody likes to call somebody just out of the blue and it, it's just never comfortable, you know, but he realized I've got to solve this problem. My dad can't solve it. Or perhaps my dad wants me to solve it a different way. <laughs> and uh, so he picked up the phone, which is, you know, an interesting thing. Fortunately, my son is not a millennial. According to the um, uh, whoever made these decisions, uh, he was born about six months after millennials, uh, the millennial cutoff is. So he's whatever generation comes after millennials. But... That is his. He has a phone. It's just text and and calling only, and so he called the help desk and uh, they answered his question and the problem still wasn't solved. So he came to me and said, "Well, Dad, I figured out what the problem was, and it's just because we're between semesters and so it's not working." And I said, "No, that's not the problem. Your your login should work. You know, you're you're registered." I paid the bill, trust me. So <clears throat> you need to call him back and really get this figured out. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. So he called again and he uh, got to somebody else who said that they are um, they're resetting the database. They're purging it, basically, to get all the people out who are no longer students and that sort of thing. And that purge takes about a day, and that's when they were doing it, and he should be able to log in uh, sometime the next morning. Now, that made sense to his old IT guy, Dad, and lo and behold, it worked the next morning. But see, you have to have the courage to say something doesn't make sense. Let me, let me figure it out. Let me... Go ask more questions. The, the, the key to knowledge is questions. Now he has more knowledge uh, from asking these questions, and he can move forward with, uh, with more being a man. So uh, that may not sound like courage, but courage is in the small things, and we need to develop those in our in our boys and our children so that they see that the, the little things take courage just as much as the big things and as they build on those little things they'll be able to take on the big things
So I got a really good husband thought uh, this week. I think uh, it just I, I've got some video for this. I've got to post it. It's just great stuff. Uh, I, I was going to uh, go to the convenience store and get my big old cup of Diet Coke right here. And I was driving through the park to get to the convenience store. And the park, there's there's two sides for those who are local. It's Tanglewood Park. And it was Thursday around 10 o'clock. And there's a group in town uh, who I don't know if this is what they call themselves or if that's what we just call them. But I refer to them as stroller moms. Now, these ladies have their strollers and they're not they're not umbrella strollers. They're, you know, they're they're prams, they're, you know, baby carriages, uh, you know, these big Graco things that are, are like minivans sort of thing, it seems like. Um, some of these moms have, you know, two or three or four kids with them. Uh, but it's a group uh, that's grown, I've, I've seen it grow, grow from about 10 to probably about 30 moms, and that's just this one on this one day. Uh, I'm driving through the park, and I have to stop at the crosswalk while all these ladies are walking in front of me with their strollers. And what they're doing is they're, they're there to exercise. There's someone there who also has a stroller who, who's leading them through exercise. They all get in a circle. They do calisthenics and all sorts of stuff and I suspect there's quite a bit of fellowship and camaraderie uh, that goes along but here's the deal it was 10 o'clock on a Thursday morning these are these are women look to me between between the ages of 22 and 35 maybe with one two three or four kids uh, and it's let me say that again it's Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. And you know what tells me about these women, these moms? Well, it tells me that they're wives as well. That they have a husband. They have a man, husband, dad who's at work providing for that family so that these children can be raised properly. And I think it's great that the moms are out there exercising and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, especially when I'm driving with my pot belly to, to get a, a soda and maybe even some hot dogs or something. They are exercising. They're teaching their kids uh, the value of exercise, the value of community. They're associating with like-minded people so the children see, hey, life, normal life, is pretty cool. It's not all this chaos on TV or in social media. So to me, I look at this and I don't see, I don't see women, wives, and moms. I see man, husband, dads. I see the anonymous guy who's taking care of business. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing to support being who he's supposed to be and that's awesome that's awesome there you know there's 
I wrote an article many years ago on the on the blog about being anonymous and, and can you be anonymous? That's a big part of being a man, husband, dad. You're not in the limelight. You're out there taking care of business. My wife is known all around town and throughout our entire diocese, Central Texas, everybody knows Beth Coles. She's a great catechist. She's a great religious educator. She's a great loving person. and Everybody knows her. I introduce myself as I'm Beth's husband. You know, the, the value of that is it doesn't matter how important you are out in the big bad world. As, as a husband, that's one of the seven matrimonial sacrifices is when you, you sacrifice your, your position, your title in the community so that you can be the strength, the rock, the foundation the leader of the family, so the family can grow, prosper, and change society. That's where the change happens. And these guys who are making it possible for their wife to be in the park at 10 o'clock on a Thursday morning with their children and other like-minded women and families, those guys are the real heroes. I, I, I don't know what else. That's what they are. So we had a little dad doings, little goings on dad stuff this weekend. Um, you know, it's funny. It's it's it, it happens just in the normal course of life as it should. It shouldn't be, hey son, let's go have some dad time. You know, that's great if that's what you've got to do, but you have to be working to the point where it's normal every day to be doing dad stuff. And what is dad stuff? Dad is dad stuff is teaching your son how to be a man. That's it. To to discern his calling, his vocation as a man, to take him on to the future vocations of husband and dad, or the consecrated uh, uh, religious or single life. Those are the only options. But it starts with being a man. So dad dad moments are supposed to be all the time. There's going to be heightened uh, sensitivity towards it when you're focused on one thing or dad moments are all the time. Look, your son is watching you and your daughter is watching you to see what kind of husband she should be looking for. So these dad moments are all the time. If uh, you know, Dad shouldn't have a play date with his kids. Dad should always be there. So I, I, I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, my my middle son and uh, and me having uh, a little more focused time. Uh, my middle son helps me in the garage a lot. 
he knows where the stuff is, the camping equipment, all that sort of stuff, and uh, where we store stuff. And while we keep a lot of that in an inventory on the laptop, I can ask him where is X, and he says it's in Y, you know. But with the, the advent of his oldest brother getting uh, his driver's license uh, about a month ago, there's been that transition of the oldest boy uh, into more interdependence uh, as he's got a job now and driving uh, driving himself to work and stuff like that, which puts my middle son in the position of, of uh, having to learn stuff. And uh, he gets that opportunity when the oldest is away. Uh, from me, he also gets that opportunity when the oldest is here because, as should be, his, his older brother uh, teaches him as well. So we had the turn blinker go out in the minivan uh, this weekend. Gave us lots of opportunities talking about cars and how the lights work and why does it blink fast. Well, that's to let you know that the blinker is out even since, since you're not seeing it from the inside. Uh, all that sort of stuff. So uh, my middle son uh, helped me change the, the, the taillight. And it's interesting seeing you know, yourself teach these things when you know you've already taught the oldest and kind of how you approach it differently based on their personalities, but also based on your experience. You know, with my oldest, that's the first time I ever taught someone how to do it. And I had just learned because my father never taught me. So <laughs> this is a little different now with the with the middle boy. Um, so, so that was neat. We had... The night before, Kevin. incoming message. The, the night before, uh, you know, I'd been working in the garage all day, and uh, I, I have my children when they are eleven get, start getting used to the car uh, for the inevitable driving uh, teaching and experience they'll have uh, some five or six years later. So about uh, six months ago, my middle son, I had him in the churchyard with our minivan, and he got to move the car forward and backwards about 10 feet in the driver's seat while I was right there uh, next to him walking along ready to pounce on that, uh, that, that brake pedal. So the car is in the driveway, and uh, I told him to go get his shoes on, and he did, and, well, you know, we, I got him into the driver's seat, got everything adjusted for him, and uh, we did some moving backwards, moving forwards, that sort of stuff. And then I had him actually park the car in the garage, uh, which takes courage, <laughs> that's for sure, on his part and my part. Uh, but it also takes trust. And he, he moved today, he was very proud of himself, he's almost 12 years old. And I told him, go tell your, go tell your mama, and come out and look at the garage, because I've been feeding it all day. She did. And I said, uh, I didn't move the car into the garage. And she said, oh, and, you know, so it was all fun and laughter and nervousness and all that sort of stuff. But he was happy. Uh, those opportunities to instill in your son the idea that you trust him is, is very important. 
Uh, in fact, my youngest son said, well, I'm going to be 11 next year. Does that mean you're going to let me start driving the car or you know, backing it up and moving it forward? And I said, well, that depends on the level of trust I have for you. Because he's, he's got some issues as, a, you know, as the youngest and you know, that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't let him behind the wheel right now, that's for sure. Uh, but he knows that that's something to earn. It's not a right uh, or a privilege. It's it's uh, or well, I guess it is a privilege. It's not a right. Something that he is naturally endowed with being allowed to do. So the uh, the the car is a symbol because Daddy drives all the time, and Daddy relinquishing his control is obviously a big uh, big symbol of trust and both my oldest son and my middle son get that and my youngest son was able to see that that actually means something so you know look for those opportunities engage your your children in trust exercises that they don't recognize as trust exercises that's uh, that's how you will build them and I finished off with my middle son by explaining, you know, because he had said, I'm not going to back up the, the, the van. And he did. He backed it up, and then he parked it in the garage. In fact, I think he said, I'm not going park to park the van in the garage. But he did. And I told him, I said, you didn't think you could do this, right? And he said, you're right, I didn't. I said, you have to trust yourself as I trust you because I see what you can do even when you can't. And that's important because that helps them build that courage. That helps them to say, you know, dad believes in me. Dad trusts me. I can do this. And that's that's so important. It's so foundational for for a boy to have in order to become a man is is relying on the opinions and encouragements of those who have gone before him while at the same time being able to filter out those who may have opinions that are negative just because of what they think of him or what he thinks they think of him so but you have to you have to be able to build that because you know when he's 30 or 40 or 50 years old he's going to need to rely on his dad still to say, you know, you got this. Or to be able to say, hey, step back. Step back for a second and you know, don't do it yet. You know, to be able to provide that advice. I think that's I think that's really crucial. so here's the deal it's the recipe of the week I know you've been waiting for this you fast forward and got to hear I understand that. okay so last week this is up on the on the website now you all you gotta do, do is google daddy's bad to the bone pot chops or you can go to manhusbanddad.com scroll down to the blog it's right there right at the top of the blog uh, articles and these 
are wow. They they're real easy. They take about 20 minutes to prep. You can actually prep just about everything the night before, so that when you do make it, you're just putting everything in a pan, stirring it up, and tossing it on top of pork chops. Uh, you're gonna have uh, some half-pound pork chops, about three quarters of an inch to an inch thick, with the bone in them. You gotta have the bone in them. That's gonna regulate the heat, and skip, or else these things will turn turn to mush and fall apart, really. And they, by the end of the night, you know, after they've been cooking, they fall apart anyway. But the the key is getting that uh, that coating on uh, before. Um, uh, before anything else, and really, if you can do it the night before, that would be uh, would be best. So you got these. I mentioned that you got uh, Dan's sweet garlic meat rub. You probably don't have that recipe unless you've been following me following me for a long time. Uh, it's something. It's basically my initials and the initials of my two youngest boys. We mix this all up. And we've used it on several things. Anyway, you need this, you need some butter, some salt and pepper, a couple of onions, some thyme, rosemary, uh, and some chicken broth, some apple cider, soy sauce, some Worcestershire sauce. And most of this stuff is going to mix together. You're going to have some cornstarch and water you're going to use at the end. Uh, you're going to shake and bake these pork chops into the salt and pepper and brown sugar mix or in the Dan's uh, meat rub and let them sit overnight in the fridge you know, cut the onions the night before you're going to put all that stuff together uh, all the other stuff together in a, in a sauce you're going to saute those onions the next day after you've you've uh, pan fried the pork chops for a couple minutes on each side put those chops in the in the crock pot and then uh, then you take care of the onions saute those put everything else in make a nice thing it's almost like an onion soup it's just <laughs> anyway, you put all that over the pork chops and you put them on low on the on the on the crock pot for four or five hours. Then half an hour to an hour before you're ready to serve, you take the chops out and you got to be careful because they're going to fall apart if you don't use good tongs that can grab the whole pork chop. You put those off to the side. You take your cornstarch and water, put it in with the soup stuff that's there still in the crock pot. Mix it up. It's like a gravy, and you put the pork chops back in and they're just they go until you're ready to serve them uh, I did this on Wednesday night when mama's doing religious education everybody's gonna be home at 830 uh, the oldest boy was working until uh, till 8 o'clock everybody came home now you can put this put the, the gravy in there on mashed potatoes uh, or, or any a rice or something like that I served them with peas and, and mashed potatoes oh Goodness gracious. Everybody was asking for gravy on it was just but really 20 minutes, maybe 30 max if you're not comfortable with the way you're cutting things or measuring things out and that sort of stuff. But go to the website, it's called Daddy's Bad to the Bone Pot Chops. You'll see this got it's step by step pictures, instructions. You can print out the recipe, you can even make it, you know, you can adjust it for two people, six people, 25 people, whatever, and it'll automatically tell you everything you need. Um, you give it a shot. Let me know what you think of it. As always, you check us out at manhusbanddad.com, uh, and you can find all of our uh, 
uh, all of our social media thing there right at the top. Again, on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. You'll find us uh, and, and, and interact. Lots of good stuff coming. Uh, I've made some changes, particularly to the Facebook page, which is our most active account. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of stuff happening every day, twice a day probably, on, uh, on Facebook and the other social media. Uh, really give you some resources and all that. I want to thank you particularly for your prayers, for getting this book finished. I'm, I'm really pushing. The goal is to have it done by March 31st and off to the editor and just out of my hair. And I hope to be able to share with you uh, that that has happened. I enjoy visiting with you. I enjoy your comments and your follow-ups uh, on social media, your emails. You can always reach me at Christopher at manhusbanddad.com. you got to make sure you spell that right. Uh, that Christopher is a little different. Make you look at the website to figure out what that is. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for your feedback, your thoughts in it. If you have any ideas for the podcast, we've got a pretty regular format like we follow today. You know, the, the review and comment on the news, One, the man time, two, husband three, time, four. dad time. And then we talk about the recipe. And we're going to finish up, like we always do, with the song of the week. And this is an important song. I think this, this is almost the theme song for man, husband, dad. Uh, so, you're, you know... It's almost walk-up music, but it's not walk-up music. You can't really walk up to it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Have a blessed week. And be who you're supposed to be. Suppose you also take this opportunity to escape. Until next week, of course. I look around and see my wonderful life Almost perfect from the outside your frames I see my beautiful wife always smiling but on the inside oh, I can hear her saying lead me with strong hands stand up
visit manhusbanddad.com for resources and a community of people just like you who want to be better. You can also find my dad in the manhusbanddad.com community on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. Just look for one word, manhusbanddad. This production is copyrighted by manhusbanddad. Music and other material is used for instructive and critical purposes only is copyright of the original owners. This production is copyrighted by Man Husband Dad. Man Husband Dad is a wholly owned and operated property. Man Husband Dad and wholly owned and operated are trademarks of wholly owned and operated. Thanks for listening. Now go be your best.